0: Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast, I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and you have tuned in to the after episode of a before and after birth story. My guests today are Sarah Betterman and her doula, Catherine Deep. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi. Thank you.
0: Last time I saw you, Catherine and I looked the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> you didn't look the same. So all I can say is congratulations. Thank I don't you. know your details of your birth story. I deliberately waited till now to find mm-hmm. out with everybody else. All I know is that it was your second birth and your first birth. You had planned for this fairly natural vaginal birth experience, and it did not go that way. Nope. <laughs> um, and you also, just as a side note, didn't really leave yourself a lot of space for deviating on your path. And right. so when it didn't go that way, it hit you extra hard.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely.
0: And then you were all prego again and uh, (laughs) (laughs) planning for another natural vaginal birth experience. Mm -hmm. But with leaving yourself more space so that if it would go down the flow chart in a different direction, detour, that hopefully it would not hit you as hard.
1: Yes. Flex and flow. Flex and flow. Like Sarah LeVon taught me.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: I (laughs) I like that one.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to apply that to my life in many ways. Yeah. It's
1: useful in general, Mm -hmm. not just birth. Mm -hmm.
0: So when we left you, you were towards the end of the pregnancy. How was the last bit of your pregnancy? It was
1: terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I was so uncomfortable. I think I saw you.
0: Every couple of hours. In, like, the last (laughs) week. I was in
1: so much discomfort. Like, it was really hard to sit on the floor and play with my son. I was sitting on a yoga bolster, and I, like, was moving around And I had contractions every night for a week, Mm -hmm. which is called prodromal labor. Yes. My husband still has a hard time saying it, but now it's just a joke. (laughs) He, like, mispronounces it on purpose. (laughs) So I had prodromal labor for a week. Every afternoon, night, I would have contractions for a while. And then we'd be like, is this it? And then it would stop. (laughs) So I found it really anxiety-producing. I'm a control freak. And I was just like, what is happening? When is this going to happen?
0: I would add one footnote. I was seeing you a lot because you were in a lot of discomfort but you always had a smile at least in the office
1: I think it's just because I like smile, you smile <laughs> maybe you always so upbeat and you make about my body it. feel good <laughs> I try but yeah.
0: still you would come in and you'd be like I feel terrible I feel miserable and you would smile and you're upbeat you made me feel bad about myself is what I'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs>
1: well that was not my intention <laughs> no I'm just kidding and
0: then also you're a very fit person like you're very right. active so yeah. super all, fit yeah and so all the more so when you're forced your body's forcing you to be less active mm-hmm. it, for a lot of people it just shuts the mind down too and yeah you know, just kept it going. It has a bad- Kudos.
1: Thank you. When Mm -hmm. I can't exercise, it has a bad mental impact on me for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: That's how I feel when I do exercise. (laughs) It's a totally separate (laughs) issue.
1: I was also very anxious about when the baby was going to come because with Theo, I went to 42 weeks. Well, I went into labor at 41 plus 5 and he was born on 42. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my God, I can't do that again." <laughs> so, I mean, Catherine and I were talking a lot. I was like, "I was like, I gotta get this baby out of me." <laughs>
0: so, when did the the prodromal, the the episodes of starting to have what felt like labor contractions? How many weeks were I was
1: thirty nine weeks when they started. At nighttime? Yeah, I was it was always late afternoon, evening. Not usually in the middle of the night, but like as the day wore on, like I'd be lying in bed watching TV with Ben and. I'd be having contractions.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And we'd be texting. And we'd be texting. And, and are
0: you, I mean, are you happy? Because like, hey, you wanted it to happen earlier. I
1: was happy, but it was also, it kind of felt like a tease too. I was like, when is it going to be the real deal? And I was secretly hoping that she was going to be a lot earlier than Theo, <laughs> but I didn't want to count on that because yeah, I had such a hard time. I mean, I waited the full time with Theo, but it was very difficult emotionally and I was just like, I don't want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't punish me like that. <laughs> no, because
0: in that moment, like, hours feel like days. Yeah. And days feel like weeks. Yeah.
1: And then there was also some pressure from the midwives to not go to 42 again. They had a lot of feelings about me not going to 42 again.
0: Not going to 42, like inducing before 42? Yeah. Or like otherwise, how do you not go to 42? Well,
1: <laughs> and kill me or induce me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> induce me.
0: Okay. So they, they, so they were thinking 41. Your birth team this time mm-hmm. was midwives at a hospital. Yes. A group of midwives at a hospital. Catherine, your doula. Yes.
1: Yeah. It was actually the same birth team as last time. Your partner. Yeah. Ben. Yes, Ben.
0: So, the midwives were you calling them? hey, I'm having contractions or didn't, didn't really get to that point um,
1: I don't I don't remember to be honest. I don't think so. I emailed with them a little bit, but I don't think I called no because I was like, this isn't it. And
0: kept stopping. Peter out.
1: <laughs> yeah, All
2: the drama right. labor is so frustrating. It's really It's frustrating. so hard and so common mm-hmm. in, in multips, for right. sure.
0: What's a multip?
2: Someone that has had multiple pregnancies. Oh, yeah, no. A funny. lot of
1: things are different in a multip. Like your so Braxton Hicks are really painful. Yeah, <laughs> they're really intense. Mm-hmm. When the first time I had Braxton Hicks when, when I was pregnant with Theo, it was like nothing. This time I'd be like, <sighs> like it really was intense.
0: You really had to let it go.
1: Yeah. It was a powerful feeling. I was like, wow, my uterus knows what to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Were you – during that week, do you know if they checked your cervix? Were they monitoring like
1: – They did because I asked them to. Okay. And they don't do that Typically. automatically. It's not standard protocol. It's kind of if you want them to. You like data. And I do like data. <laughs> I was I was unsure if I'd want to be checked at the end, and then I decided to get checked. So I got checked at 38 and 39. And it was great. I actually found it really like exciting and encouraging because I had dilated and effaced both times. And the second time I was, you remember, <laughs> I nice. think I was three centimeters and 50 percent effaced at 39 weeks. So I was like, wow, it's something's happening in there. Yeah. But then I only thought, seven to go. But then I thought, oh, it doesn't really mean anything. Your cervix isn't a crystal ball.
0: In terms of timing. In terms of timing. That would be really uncomfortable if your cervix was a crystal ball. (laughs) Yes, that would be. Well, I kind of already had a
1: crystal ball up in there, so. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it was it was exciting to have the information and know that something was happening. Yeah. and that maybe I wouldn't be going as long as last time.
0: I just feel like it's sort of lucky that you did progress because mm-hmm. I wonder what would have happened if they're like, nah, you're sealed shut."
1: I would have been like, "Oh, crap. you were really frustrated," and <laughs> yeah, yeah. you also were losing your mucus plug. I was looking my yeah, I was losing my mucus mm-hmm. plug. I lost it over oh, a week ago. Oh, and bits again. and pieces. Mm-hmm. Oh. I lost it over a week with Theo, too. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm not like a fallout at once kind of person. <laughs> no, no.
0: I see you as a little more controlling than that. Yeah. Like just I like hold on to it. A
1: little bit, little bit.
0: Can <laughs> yeah. give up all at once? Yeah. So when did that change? When did it become more?
1: So my due date was on a Sunday, and I went to a party at my friend's house in the daytime. And everyone was like, wow, you look amazing. What are you doing today? And... They were all guessing, like, when it was going to happen, and I was just getting really annoyed because you, you can't know, and I didn't want to feel any pressure. So I was like, it's not happening anytime soon, and I was all mad. <laughs> and, I, and I went home, and, like, Ben and I were talking at night, and I said, I'm never going to have this baby. And I was, I was really emotional. I was upset. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. I, I can't do this anymore. And then I went to sleep for, like— Three hours, maybe, because sleeping at that point was horrible.
0: to those contractions start coming back? And mm-hmm. then
1: it just, bam! It yeah. was like a Mack truck. Oh, mm-hmm. so
0: different than what you I had. Wo- yeah, previously. I woke
1: up with like this super long, painful contraction, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is it!" And I got up to go to the bathroom, and I was like, "This is totally it." So, <laughs> I had been sleeping in the guest room because I couldn't get comfortable. I had been sleeping in the guest room for months. I just couldn't get comfortable in bed with Ben. And, like, I had a lot of pillows, and he had a lot of pillows. It was just too complicated. <laughs> and he wakes up really early. And so I, I've been sleeping in the guest room. So I woke up in the guest room. And then I slowly went into our room, but I tried not to wake him up. I went into the bathroom. I, like, turned the lights on really dim, and I started filling the bath. And then he woke up. Or maybe he didn't wake up because he never wakes up up. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps through everything. So I stayed in the bath for a little while. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is really intense. And I felt like my contractions were really close together because they were, were you guys right from the him? outset. Not yet. Not yet. So then I woke Ben up and I was like, I think it's happening. He's like, oh. <laughs> and so, But then he then he jumped into action and he, like, got in the tub with me and rubbed my back a little bit and kind of tried to help. And then we called Catherine because he was timing the contractions. They were quite close together. And I was positive for Group B strep, ah. so they wanted me to come in a little sooner than what they normally recommend to get the antibiotics. And I had mixed feelings about it, but Ben was like, "Really, we were doing that," so I was just like, "Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight about this one." <laughs> and I think the midwives had said to come in when I was like four or five one one. So mm-hmm. contractions,
0: so, let's say every four or five minutes, lasting about a minute apiece for, for an, an, hour, an hour or more. Right.
1: And mine were like two or three, oh. two or three, one, one. Oh wow! So we were like, whoa, this from the
0: get go, from I mean, the get go. Oh really? And
1: I think it was all the prodromal labor. So looking back, I'm really grateful for all the prodromal right. labor, but it sucked at the out. time. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's your thing, not all at once. Yes, just, just, <laughs> a just like, like bit, bit by now, bit. A little bit now.
1: <laughs> and so then we called Catherine.
0: I'm curious, did the tub feel good to you to be in there with the contractions? Um,
1: somewhat. I, it was. It was too intense. I mean, I just felt like I couldn't move around enough. It's like very,
0: oh, it's very space. confined.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what time we called you. Maybe Ben wrote it down. I think it was like three in the morning, maybe something like I that. I remember
2: I got there around four.
1: Of course, it was the middle of the night. Cause why would I ever call Catherine like, during there. the daytime? Well, well, <laughs> Catherine
0: never gets phone calls during the daytime. I know, I like <laughs> when you go to T Mobile and it's like, why this girl only gets calls from yeah. one, 1 a.m. to five a.m. But I think exactly. you
1: said, let me listen to her. Mm-hmm. And you asked me some questions and Ben answered some questions. And then you were like, I think we should meet at the hospital.
0: Oh, you didn't go to the house?
1: No, no this, this time, time she didn't come to the house because it was like going. Is it,
0: wait, so Catherine, is it because of what you're hearing on the phone? Like, do you hear her having?
2: Yeah, it's just you're listening to, you know, sort of how she's working through contractions, what kind of sound she's making.
0: Um, what kind of sounds were you making?
1: Like a wild animal. Oh, I mean, you I get don't primal? know. I'm
0: mean, saying, you, some I people did, go inside. I, I mean,
1: I got pretty, yeah.
0: You were primal. Yeah, I would
1: say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then do you listen to what kind of sound Ben's making? <laughs> 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 he was pretty quiet. Uh, he <laughs> was pretty squeezing quiet. He was pretty quiet. And then also the information on the contraction.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're kind, of, you're kind of weighing out multiple things. And just even, you know... You can't base it on the first labor, so no. you're completely basing on The first on what's labor happening was messed. Because the first one, it started. It was like every two minutes. Yeah, like it started like out of the gate like that. Mm-hmm. Well, but then an, it got all wacky, and then it kind of went all over the place, probably because of position. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, are you in your head at this point? Because you're an analytical person.
1: Yeah, definitely. So are you thinking? Uh, My uh, biggest fear was that we'd get to the hospital and they, and I like hadn't dilated any further and. They were gonna like, send me home or something. Boy. I really just wanted this to be it and to like get this party started. I mean I the party has started. Sent you home. No.
2: Not not but the second labor. Right. And well, not with the GBS situation. Right, right.
0: Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait to find out what happens until after this break. <laughs> that just seems like a natural cliffhanger. <laughs> don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Sarah Betterman and Catherine Deeb. So, labor starts with a bang.
1: Starts with a bang. Captain
0: Dula <laughs> Catherine's on the phone saying, whoa, that sounds like it's time to meet at the hospital. Yeah. So you meet at the hospital. Sounds
1: excited. Did she you get there around the same time? sounded like you were active. Yeah. The car ride was terrible. Bumpy. Just, just having confined? to sit there and horrible. try to always have pain. I was like, "You better drive faster, Ben." Okay, <laughs> so are I was you like, "Not the... too fast. <laughs> I don't want to have an no accident." <laughs> He's like, "What do you want me to do?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> People do Uber, and the poor Uber guys like, uh, "I gotta get a job." So wait a second. So, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. are you in the front seat, back seat?
1: I was in the front because we took my car. And we had a car seat, like a huge convertible car seat, and a car seat base in the, in back. the back. So there's no. Repair. So it's either the front seat or the trunk.
0: Sitting? Are you sitting?
1: <laughs> I was sitting, and I had my seatbelt on, but I was kind of like writhing around. Yeah, and it sounds really. But luckily, it was, really, it 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 was a short drive. It was a lot shorter than the drive with the. Auto, At four yeah. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well, I was wide awake. No traffic. Yeah.
0: So what happens when you get there? Your your concern is no progress.
1: Yeah, my concern was just that things weren't going to be going the way I hoped they were going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we was got Catherine there. Was on there when you got there? Um, I don't remember. Pretty soon after. Pretty soon mm. after. I don't remember what happened when we got there. They they asked me some questions. We went right into a room. I wasn't in triage, which was really nice. nice. Oh. When I was in labor with Theo, I had to start out in triage. And my water broke in triage. It was terrible.
0: No triage because...
1: They had a room just open. Just ready right they away. And they right could tell the from the
0: parking lot that you were... Yeah. Already in labor. I don't know.
1: They just weren't super busy yet. And then I was very uncomfortable and, you know, I had to sit still for the monitor and the lady was asking me all these questions. (laughs) She was very nice and patient. I was like, hold on, because I couldn't talk when I was having contractions. Contractions.
0: Oh, and they have so many questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they have so many questions. And And then I got checked I have this written down. And I was almost five centimeters, 90% of face, and negative one station.
0: Okay, I'm excited. So I
1: was pumped. <laughs> I was like, woo! Was thrilled. I was like, I'm, I'm halfway like, just there! right when you said, I'm like, yes! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, woo, I'm halfway there. This is great. <laughs> and um, the long half? Yeah. The really, yeah. But it wasn't that long.
0: Well, I'm just saying, me, the I, first I mean, five centimeters being the long half.
1: Yeah. But, so but I'm saying long. the whole thing was not long from, from start the time to finish. We got in, yeah. yeah. And so then I labored for a while. And oh, and they had to do the antibiotics. That was super annoying. So you'd have the I.V. and all that. I had stuff. a really cool nurse who like didn't make me stay on the continuous monitoring yeah. for quite a while.
0: Oh, that's nice. some of the
1: midwives were not happy about that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Because for BBAC, they prefer you to have continuous monitoring because...
0: From the time you get there. From the
1: time you get there. They have wireless monitors, so you're not oh,
0: okay. chained
1: in any way. But it's it's still annoying because...
0: It's the belt Like, somehow. it slips down if you're yeah. in the
1: shower and moving around, and it's like...
0: Oh, they have Bluetooth?
1: Yeah, they have the mm-hmm. Monicas. They have a wireless. Ah, yeah. That's it, nice. It attaches to this pole, so you kind of just take the pole with you like a... Into the shower? Like, like, like outs- right outside the shower. Oh, were you on a telemetry?
2: Yeah. Not on the wireless.
1: I don't know. I don't remember.
0: Because usually on the shower, I remember shower, there being a poll.
1: Maybe the pole was for the antibiotics? The poll was for oh, the antibiotics. Yes. I honestly have no that idea. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, so poll wireless. Yeah, so I don't know. Because wireless. You the were dragging around, around the, the antibiotics. I was dragging around the antibiotic thing, yeah. and yeah. I was yelling at it. I was like, God, this thing is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I spend a ton of time in the shower. Mm-hmm. Catherine told Ben that I'm one of her, I don't know what you said exactly, but <laughs> that I like water more than any other client you've ever had. So oh, I think that that you
2: logged more shower hours yeah, than <laughs> any shower
0: client I've ever had. Oh, shower hour.
1: Um, <laughs> Shower hour. I do I mean, like to take long showers just in general, so I guess it makes sense. The oh.
2: first was probably like 20 hours. Oh, there. yeah. A in,
1: lot in, of time in the shower. In the shower, time. Turned into yeah. a raisin. <laughs> 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 but I was having all back labor with Theo. Oh, So it was
0: good so to be it was in there. So yeah. it
1: was the only thing that really helped. I don't really remember the whole process. It was kind of a blur. I remember just being in a lot of pain. And I remember spending a lot of time in the shower... There was this bench in the shower. I kind of used mm-hmm. that a little bit. Then Catherine tied a sheet oh, like, nice. over the like rod that went around the shower. Uh-huh. And I was like hanging with that kind of in a squat. Some traction. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I spent time on the ball. In um, the shower? We couldn't do it in the shower. It was like too slippery and awkward. But we did oh. it outside the shower.
0: So you are in and out.
1: But mostly in. Mostly in. And mostly in the bathroom. And mostly in, in the bathroom. Through the labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh, I
0: did a birth at that hospital, it's just coming back to me right now, and she just wanted to be in the shower the whole time, uh, Yeah, but she was having back labor, so she Uh really wanted counter pressure and massage in between. And I was waiting for her to come out, waiting, waiting, waiting. She just didn't want to come out because she loved being (laughs) in there. And I was fine. I was just like, you know, I'll just wait. And then finally her husband's like, she said, do you mind going in there to do the body while she's in there? And I was like, I don't mind, but, you know, is she comfortable? Are you okay? (laughs) She's like, she just wants your hands in there. I'm like, okay. Okay. So, But to make it a little bit more modest, I turned off the lights in there. (laughs) And I put on these little tea lights to glow. And it was like an hour. It was great. Like, once we were able mm-hmm. to get her back to relax, things progressed really yeah, nicely nice. and she was comfortable. And then I just remember my knee was like, one knee was up, like on the ledge yeah. for the shower because I was reaching so uncomfortable. in. Half of my body was pretty wet at that point. Just, <laughs> yeah. Not directly in it, but she was holding that yeah. wand oh, that like, yeah. sometimes just the hits me. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I just remember my contact lenses were wanting to jump out of my yeah. eyeballs and I didn't know why. And, like, I wasn't that tired and then I realized what happened when I shut off the light it also shuts off the vent
1: oh so super takes steamy in steam- there it was
0: so steamy I didn't realize <laughs> and then she was like I was like how am I gonna get out of it? because everybody else was sleeping her prodromal was like seven days of non-stop oh it's mm. terrible and so everyone who had supported her early in the labor was falling asleep yeah and so I didn't want to wake them and I want to leave her but yeah. I was like I'm not gonna be able to do this much longer and right. finally she's like Dr. B I'm like what She's like, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, Oh, it's time. that's amazing. <laughs> and I even said that. I'm like, oh, that's so great. She's like, no, I have to pee. And I'm going to pee in the shower, but I don't really want you in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was my break. I got to go outside. Speaking
1: of peeing, it is so hard to pee when you're in labor. Is it? I w- yeah. It's miserable. It's so hard to, like, let it go.
0: Everybody's making you a drink and you got the IV for Yeah,
1: and it's so hard to, like, let let it it go. go. Yeah. I struggled a lot with that.
0: (laughs) I didn't mean to steal your story. So, you're in labor, you're in and out.
1: Yeah. So, here are some stats. Ben Ben took his, like, spreadsheet (laughs) notes. (laughs) My water broke. So, when I got checked and the 5 centimeters, 90%, negative one station, that was 4 Mm -hmm. a.m. 8-11 a.m., very precise. Mm-hmm. I was six to seven centimeters negative one. She was in a good position, and my water had broken. After my water broke, it was like really yeah. intense. Where did it break? It broke on top of the ball,
0: not and I was
1: like, oh, this kind of feels nice. It's <laughs> I mean, it kind of gross, but it was like warm, and <laughs> I don't know, it kind of felt good. Um, then I was checked at 10:20 a.m. I had been feeling, like, really pushy for Mm -hmm. a while, and I was, like, grunting, and it was very primal. So they checked me again. I was 9 centimeters post-contraction, 8 to 9 centimeters before the contraction. She said the baby was not too big, which not that Theo was huge, but he was on the higher end of average.
0: How big was he? He was eight four. Okay. And when she says not too big, because she can feel the head. The now, head, or? I guess.
1: Okay. I don't really know. If, and I, I maybe I don't know. I don't really know how maybe they you're know. She's saying the head's not too big. Yeah. Probably, although it, it was sizable. <laughs> so but I don't know. But not too big. <laughs> but I mean, it worked out okay. But yeah, I, it was like I couldn't stop what was happening in my body. Like I like yeah, I mean, i I wasn't even fully dilated, and I felt this like incredible urge to push. I just wanted to get the baby out yeah. of me. It was so intense, it was kind of terrifying. Um, I wrote to Britta. Because I met with her before the birth to do some emotional work.
0: Uh, this and is a PhD childbirth educator all around amazing person, Britta Bushnell. Yes. Who we have an episode with. Yeah, her episode's uh, awesome. Called Mythologies, Metaphors, and Childbirth.
1: So I printed out the email I wrote to her because it's really the most I've written about the birth in general. And I wrote to her at the end. I said I thought of her because I was talking to friends and Catherine after. And I said I definitely felt like I was at the edge of death. A bunch Mm -hmm. of times. Oh, wow. Because with Britta we talked about how birth is kind of a descent into the underworld and then you come back up. Yes. you are kind of like reborn. And I said, particularly during pushing, I found it really insane, really intense, very scary. It's just like something's happening in you that you can't control. And it's painful, but it kind of feels good. And it's – I don't even know how to explain it. It's the most intense feeling. Yeah.
0: Are you still in your mind? In your cognitive head?
1: I mean, maybe a little. I'm a very cerebral person. Not a lot. I don't know. What do you think?
2: I would say more than some people yeah. at that point. Yeah. But that's
1: because of who. That's how, my personality. That's, that's you. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't a hindrance. No, no
0: she wasn't. I just she was wondered a... if uh, the opposite. If you're like because you wanted this yeah so much yeah if you're in your brain you're like this is it this yeah. is what I wanted yeah this I was, was I was
1: trying I think I was kind of trying to process what was going on a little bit because I wanted to experience it. I wanted to remember it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I didn't get that last time. So it was, it was very overwhelming in many ways. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I did have a fear, I will say, that, like, I would get to pushing and I would be pushing for a long time and it wouldn't happen. Yeah.
0: I wondered if your brain would also go there.
1: My brain totally yeah. went there. I was like, I got to get this baby it out. It definitely went there. Like, I was panicking a little. I was like, I got to get this baby out of me so fast. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> was your pushing guided or just um, based on what you felt i
1: mean i was more guided than i had expected i guess coaching i would
2: not like an epidural no not, not like, like with that kind of uh-huh. not like that kind of guided i think it was more that we had a little tricky there was a it was a little tricky <laughs> yeah. fit situation yeah. so there was a lot of right. i need you to turn this. this way i oh, need you different to, to yeah positions.
1: Yeah. Like, first, my torso was, like, against the back of the bed, and I was kind of on hands and knees, but, like, at an angle, if you will. And then I switched from that because that didn't really feel good. So then I tried to do the side, and that I, – i it's so crazy. I pulled – I remember I was talking to you about it. I pulled a muscle in my – inner thigh Mm -hmm. groin I don't know right before she was born (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. when I was on my side it was bothering that and I panicked and I was like I can't do this so I switched to the other side but then that wasn't really good either and then I ended up kind of on my back and I remember saying I don't want to be on my back but they all felt like and I wasn't really on my back the way you think about being on your back that's that's what Catherine told me but I ended up in a position that I didn't think I would be in but it actually felt good and it worked Mm Mm-hmm. And I wasn't on my back, like, in lithotomy with my legs up in stirrups and flat on my back. I was kind of, like, I feel like my butt was kind of, like, up in
2: the air. But, like, turned to one side yeah. and, like,
1: l- like legs, like, way back. Yeah.
0: If only there was um. video. I'm
1: glad uh, there's not. Well, I just even meant of Catherine's description of it. I mean, I'm so glad there's not. We I mean, have pictures. It's more than enough. <laughs> but the pushing ended up not being that long. Like, I pushed for, like, at 10.32 a.m., I was 10 centimeters, and the head was visible, and I felt it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, holy crap, that's her head. And it was covered in hair, just Mm -hmm. like Theo's. I was like, another hairy offspring. (laughs) And then she was born 30 minutes later at 11.02 a.m. So it was not really very long in the pushing. And the midwives, they did, like, the mineral oil and trying to move that area up, which was extremely uncomfortable. (laughs) But very hopeful.
0: Oh, well, no tearing?
1: <laughs> well, not in my perineum. I had I had a bunch of other things happen, which I'll tell you about. <laughs> Do you want me to talk about that?
0: Oh, well, we're going to come back in a minute and just talk about that and everything that came after. Okay. I just wonder, were you in that moment?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: What, what was going on in your cognitive head?
1: Like when she was born? Yeah. Well, the first thing I said was, I did it. And then I said, I'm so glad that's over. (laughs) And then I told Catherine I loved her. Like, before I told Ben I loved him. which is kind of funny. (laughs) And we, like, Catherine and I had a moment. And then Ben and I had a moment. (laughs) And Maya was on me. That's my daughter. And um, they were rubbing her and oh and she pooped everywhere so there was like black meconium all over me and her which was kind of hilarious Aww. we were laughing about it and she was just on me and it was awesome yeah. it was like everything that i had wanted last time that i <laughs> that i didn't get so it was great
0: <laughs> oh that's so beautiful um it
1: made all the terrible pain worth it <laughs> that's really special
0: yeah all right. Then some things happen. Mm-hmm. That seems like another, another cliffhanger. cliffhanger. So I always have cliffhangers Don't for you. go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We are talking to Sarah Betterman and Catherine Deem. Congrats.
1: Thank you. I'm
0: so, so, so happy for you.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: So what happened afterwards? Baby came out, you would think, uh, almost end of story.
1: Yeah, You would think. (laughs) No one ever gets it easy. (laughs) Um, So there was a lot going on, and I had a tear on my labia, which was not really a big deal, but I was also bleeding a lot. Mm -hmm. And everyone was very calm, but they basically said, you know, this is more bleeding than we're comfortable with, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Then they discovered I had a significant cervical laceration. Uh. And so they thought maybe the bleeding was from that. But long story short, I ended up going to the OR.
0: No. Yeah.
1: Yes. So I got it all. Oh, wow. So I went to the OR. I was super happy. I Wait, was... was
0: your placenta came out?
1: Yeah, it was after the placenta came out that all the and just blood the was bleeding? happening, so if I remember Were yeah. they trying
0: with meds to get it to stop bleeding? I mean, or, they did like, give me the, or... the Pitocin.
1: She would given me Fentanyl, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why. Oh, Maybe for... for the tear, for yeah. the stitches. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was super happy. I felt like I was high. <laughs> I didn't even care. Well, you were I, was, high. I mean, I didn't know that I could be, like, bleeding out. <laughs> But I wasn't. So And you said you were fine with that. And I
2: was, I was worried about her going. I was back fine to the with it.
0: Oh, yeah. After, yeah. After, the, after
2: the
1: last time. It was a positive experience, i will tell you. So I mean as positive as that can be. So it was unexpected. So they basically said we want to take you to the OR to fix this cervical laceration. We think that's where this heavy bleeding is coming from. Cervical lacerations bleed a lot, apparently. I was like, okay. So the anesthesiologist came in and then we all went to the OR. And they gave me a spinal, which felt fantastic (laughs) because I didn't feel anything down there. Mm. But I had to lie there for a while. Well, one of the OBs who works with the midwife group, she sewed up my cervix and she had to put this thing called a backery in my uterus. It's like a balloon that they fill up with saline and it helps the uterus contract Mm -hmm. and like stop the bleeding. And then they packed do you go on allegory details? Sure. They had to like pack my vagina with all this gauze. I swear to god, it was like ten feet of gauze in there. So it was all packed in there. And I Everywhere. had and I had a catheter, like a urinary catheter, and then I had this tube also coming out that was attached to the backery to the balloon thing. So coming out vaginally? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well yeah, because it was in my uterus. Right. But then it was like taped to my leg. It was really interesting, but I didn't feel any of it because I was I was numb. all numb. Yeah, and my favorite nurse, the nurse oh, ah, I forget, the I
0: naughty nurse who let you not no, be not t- the naughty oh, nurse. Different nurse. <laughs> I
1: mean, maybe she was a little naughty. Like there was some confusion about whether I was supposed to be drinking or not, and she like didn't really ah. act on that because I was like, I can't do this if I'm not drinking water. I'm not gonna not drink water because I might have a C-section. Sorry.
0: Oh, during labor? Yeah. Oh, that. She I was said.
1: really cool. That was a little frustrating. Yeah. she. I complained about that at my postpartum appointment. Good.
0: But, but sometimes she, they let people eat.
1: I know. I, I don't know. VBAC, I, VBAC protocol can be a little. It's a little
2: dicey. A little conservative. Mm. Yeah.
1: And I don't even know if it's practice-wide or if I think it depends on who the anesthesiologist is that day, who maybe who the midwife is. I don't know. Lots of rules. A lot yeah. of rules. I wasn't but, but following the rules anyway.
0: Experiences, because I mm-hmm. do see sometimes people eating, and the nurses are not yeah. making a big deal. She about didn't it. make
1: a big deal about it. She was a no. really cool nurse. She was like, "Oh, she's just been sipping water." Yeah, yeah. she was great. She was great, and she was and there when crackers. when Maya was born. She was there during pushing for all of it. So she came into the OR with me, and we basically just chatted the entire time. Oh, that's nice. It was great.
0: So then the bleeding stopped.
1: So then the bleeding was stopped. I mean, overall, like my uterus had the balloon in it. They had all that packing in my vagina and then i just went back to the room and we we were all happy like ben and Catherine were hanging out with the baby and and we all just kind of hung out and talked about it i I was really happy i was on that oxytocin high and it was awesome and the whole or thing didn't even take a long time the next day (laughs) oh wow yeah so so
0: but then you're not numb anymore
1: correct so the first night was pretty uncomfortable because I stopped being numb. Like I had a catheter and then the balloon and the packing and I wasn't allowed out of bed. So it was kind of like a C-section in terms of that recover that part of the recovery mm-hmm. because I wasn't allowed out of bed. And they were very worried about my blood. I lost 1600 cc's, which is a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. And so they had to take labs and make sure my levels were going back up. They were not giving me, I don't even remember what they were giving me. They were giving me some stuff. I ended up staying longer than a normal... 24 hours. Yeah. I had her Monday morning, and I left on Wednesday early afternoon. Okay.
0: So halfway between yeah, vaginal and hospital um, stay?
1: Because they wanted to make sure that I was okay, that I wasn't faint, You know, that my strength was back up. The crazy thing is I never felt sick the way someone normally feels sick from that kind of blood loss. Mm-hmm. Like when you didn't feel weak and dizzy I felt amazing. Mm. I felt so good. And I, I don't maybe know. Maybe you do
0: better with less blood. We maybe. <laughs> maybe we just suck a lot of
1: the blood out of me. Everyone's I don't different. know. Maybe it's because I was so fit in my pregnancy. I don't know. It's
0: true. You could probably do more on less yeah, maybe. than other people. Not, not even kidding.
1: <laughs> and then when I got up the next day after they took everything out and I was like allowed to get up and go to the bathroom, I didn't feel faint. I felt a little wobbly just because I hadn't stood up in a day, but I was totally fine. One of the midwives came in to check on me. She's like, you look amazing. You don't look like someone who lost a few liters of blood. Mm. And I was like, cool. Do you,
0: um, do you hate balloons now? No. Do you still like balloons? Okay. No, I never saw the balloon. Oh. Yeah. Just knowing it was a balloon.
1: And I had great nurses. Like the nurse the first night was wonderful and all the nurses were and great. And you got to stay in L&D. And I got to stay in L and D for longer, postpartum, postpartum, which was nice Nicer. because they yeah. were very attentive and took really good care of me. Yes, but the postpartum is never quite as good. It's just kind of how it goes. I it's guess. like transitioning you out. Yeah, it's like we're phasing <laughs> yeah. you out here. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, how was once you get home? How was your postpartum experience this time?
1: I mean, so much better than last time. Last time I was very depressed and upset about the birth. Just um, a lot of my expectations hadn't been met. I was struggling with all of that and. I felt so helpless physically because I was in a lot of pain it was quite terrible and also just the mess of having a new baby and you don't know what you're doing your partner doesn't know what they're doing no one really prepares you well for it you're hormonal you're crate you know it's just, you're not sleeping it's it's just a lot for me. I had a lot of anxiety about having another child and I actually struggled with the decision to have another child, but ultimately I decided I really wanted my son to have a sibling and I don't want to have one child, but I struggled with it a lot because of everything that had happened. I was like, I don't know if I can go through that again. Mm. Also, I think I didn't appreciate how much going through it had changed me. In what way? Like I'm already a mom. Wow. And I'm a different person than I was before I had Theo, like a very different person. Not fundamentally. Well, actually, probably pretty fundamentally. I just think having been through all of that and especially having been through a hard time having Theo, it's kind of like I've seen it all. And the knowledge I had, the experience I had, I was so much calmer this time. I just felt like I know what I'm doing, not in a cocky way, but in like a peaceful way. Mm. And I also did a lot of things to set myself up for success this time. What kind of things? Like I made sure we had a full-time nanny well before the baby came because my husband works a lot and I just knew I would need that support. So that was amazing. Not only did she take care of the baby, but she took care of me a ton. She made me food. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. She would make me these amazing snack plates, Ah. make me meals, like – one day she rubbed my feet, which was like the greatest day of my life. Um.
0: <laughs> I just had a baby shower and they were asking all these weird questions. And I said, if you could get any of the things that are made for babies, that babies get to have, yeah, you know, in adult version, mm-hmm. what would you want? And I was between the Papa's on swing. <laughs> I think that would be really great uh-huh. for i stressed out. And having a nanny, but yeah. not in a creepy way, but just no. all the things that you just said. Is it's like, amazing oh, you look a little hungry. Let me get you a snack plate or rub your feet or Mm -hmm. you should take a nap. Yeah, exactly. I I was going to
1: say it just enabled me to really let go more and to know that I could leave the baby with her and she was safe and she would get me if she needed to eat. So I was able to nap so much more and just really take better care of myself. And also she comes early. So like Ben goes to work very early every day. We're not awake. And so she would come and if Maya and I were still sleeping, like she would get Theo up. And so I could just keep sleeping for a little while, which was incredible because I was exhausted, especially in the first month. So that was a great decision. And then I decided to go back on antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication the day after Maya was born. Fantastic decision.
0: Did you pre-decide that? I pre-decided it
1: with my psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really wanted to stave off the bad PPD Mm -hmm. and it definitely helped.
0: It's interesting because many people say, moms in particular, that the transition from one to two is in ways harder... Than from not mm-hmm. having it to the first one.
1: I think it depends uh, on your experience with the first.
0: <laughs> well, so there's a lot of things that change, right? So your mm-hmm. your birth experience was very right. different. But also I think having that help, you mm-hmm. know, one of the things that makes it so hard is Doing it if alone. you're up all night with a baby, a newborn, or many times throughout the night, mm-hmm. you still at 6 a.m. have this rare are going to go toddler. Yeah. You know? And if you, if you don't have the energy, you start to feel like mm-hmm. I'm not good. I can't do this. Yeah. Um, but with that kind of support, if you can hack it, mm-hmm. It really helps. And I still felt like that sometimes. Better. Yeah.
1: But sure. But not in the same way as I would have if I had been doing well, it all by myself. I
0: still feel like that. My kids are like 9 yeah. to 15 years old. Yeah. I feel like I'm not yeah. there enough.
1: Also, my mom was in town. She planned to stay for a couple months, and I tasked her with helping more with Theo, my son. Mm-hmm. And so she would like pick him up from school every day. And I tasked her with making us a lot of food, especially dinner. Oh. And so she did that a lot, and I I felt like she and I communicated about it much better this time to kind of say, like, this is what I want you to do, and are you okay with that? So that we were working together in a way that was productive.
0: I think that's also really Um, important, that not every relative who's going to help you is open to that. Yeah. But if they are, tell them how they can be most helpful. Otherwise, they're going to do what they think is most helpful, which might not be helpful at all. Which isn't necessarily (laughs) what you need. Right.
1: Uh, Maybe you don't need someone to do the laundry. Maybe you just need someone to hold your baby so you can go take a nap. Yeah. So all of that was really good. And I don't know. I think it was just the experience of already having a child, already being a mom. I just felt so differently this time.
0: Do you still think if Catherine and Ben are around and something good happens, do you hug Catherine first still? Or is that <laughs> I mean, just she one? does smell really good.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it depends what it is.
0: It's just wondering where we, where we um You also do work and you volunteer work mm-hmm. in the postpartum space. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah.
1: After I recovered, if you will, from everything that I went through with Theo, I've been thinking about going back to school to become a therapist for a long time. I started taking some classes, and then I I took two classes that are prerequisites for the program I'm probably going to do. Then I thought, oh, I should have some volunteer experience, and I thought it would be great to volunteer in the postpartum field. When looking, asking around, I didn't really find much, so I ended up talking to my friend who works – at UCLA in the Women's Life Center. It's a psychiatric clinic that treats pregnant and postpartum women, perinatal women. So she actually connected me with someone who volunteers with PSI, which stands for Postpartum Support International.
0: And also pounds per square inch.
1: And a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. It's also um, the air in your tire. Yeah,
0: pounds per square inch. Oh,
1: that's what that stands for. Okay, (laughs) well there you go. I (laughs) I did not know (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: that.
1: Duh. <laughs> um So she connected us, and long story short, I ended up becoming a coordinator for our PSI in LA, which has been an amazing experience.
0: What do you do as a coordinator?
1: Basically, women contact us. Sometimes men, but mostly women contact us, and they can contact me by text, email, or phone call to help them find resources. We also, of course, offer support, so... Like a woman called me, I talked to her this morning, she kind of just told me what's going on with her, and we talked about what kind of resources she might find useful, and then it's my job to find those resources for her and send her the information. So we're basically like a middleman in the terrible postpartum slash maternity care system that we have in this country, trying to connect people with the resources they need that they might not know about, or that they might not be able to find on their own for whatever reason. That's our job. Oh, that's great. So mostly I find resources for support groups, therapy, and psychiatry. And we have lists that we keep of certified providers or providers that we recommend. And I think at this point all of them have done some sort of PSI training. Mm -hmm. There are different levels of training. And I really enjoy it. I I like giving back in that way. It doesn't surprise
0: me at all that you having a tough experience, Mm -hmm. not only did you get up and brush yourself off and get past it, but that you would use that experience to help other people.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, Well, there it is. Yeah, (laughs) now I have two children. (laughs) I have two children.
0: I remember feeling that way after our second child came and thinking that was going to be it.
1: I will also add that I do think the birth made a huge difference for me. I know some people don't. I know it's not as important to them maybe to have the kind of birth that they imagine, or maybe they don't really care if they're getting an epidural or not. But for me, it it was amazing to have the birth that I had wanted. And it wasn't perfect, obviously. A bunch of things went wrong. Hmm. But it was the way I wanted overall. It was the outcome I wanted. And I really do think it made a huge difference in my mental health. Hmm. So Hmm. I hope that our system can change to support women coming out of birth feeling good. Yeah. You know, whatever that means for them. Yeah. But to come out of it not traumatized, feeling good about what happened, feeling respected, feeling like they were in control, feeling like they were surrounded by amazing women who supported them in, in their process. And I just hope it can change from mm. the way it
0: is. You're here, here. I love that. And I also I forget sometimes because we have so much support for VBAC in this city,
1: but other places, but like there's, fifteen oh, miles yeah. out None. of the
0: city, you can sometimes not find a provider, mm-hmm. and you go further away. People drive hundreds of miles to yeah. try to have a vaginal birth after cesarean. Yes. So
1: I see a lot of that in my VBAC groups on Facebook. Yeah, people driving like two hours, two and a half hours. Oh, absolutely. Staying with a tolerant provider because that's their only option and having to fight every inch of the way. It's so, just terrible.
0: Yeah, um, I'm grateful. To you both for joining us, and Sarah for you sharing your personal story in general, but also because people are told once you have a cesarean, you always have to have a cesarean, and that was never a thing for you. So, you and know, it's actually you,
1: not true. I learned that in your podcast. Oh yeah, it's not true. <laughs> it's not true at all. But but
0: um it's something we didn't even talk about. Yeah. As like, oh, maybe you have to fight to have a VBAC. No, it yeah. was mm-hmm. like, you know, let's give your body a shot and see what happens. Yeah. So. All right. At Home, thanks for listening to our show. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us at info and